0: Hello and welcome to the March issue of the Driving Distilled News, where we talk lots of rubbish and occasionally some car (laughs) news. Um, Today, again with you, Manuel, thank you very much for joining. You're very welcome. And myself, Doubt, I actually never introduced myself formally, so people don't. Surprising. Yeah, I thought people would refer to me as Driving Distilled if I ever became important enough to (laughs) refer to me. Um, but yeah, there it is. My name is Doubt. I know this opens an avenue for lots of puns and jokes and stuff. No doubt about that. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, if you feel uh, creative, drop uh, a pun in the comments and the best one will get uh, we'll get a comela.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yes.
0: That's what we're talking about? Exactly. Uh, have used... Comela. No, don't do that. <laughs> and the thing is, Comela is an institution in Switzerland. So I think you can you can insult our flag, you can insult our languages, yeah. you can even insult our Lord and Savior William Tell. Right. What you cannot do is insult I think <laughs> There's capital punishment yeah. on it. Um, yeah. So the best pun will get Comela. Uh, uh, be honored. And now, I think is this, by the way is this. Advertisements, I mean, we did not tell people where you can buy it, Um, there are no Comela shops, so I think it's okay, right? Hard to say, actually. I mean,
1: we can make it a bit, or we can soften it up a little bit by saying, hey, you can choose between a Comela or an Ovo, Ovo Maltina. Maybe that restrains the, the problem a bit, but who knows?
0: Okay, yeah, so, yeah, open market, you can have any chocolate milk you like. (laughs) Uh, With a reasonable price, because I'm pretty sure there's somewhere a chocolate (laughs) milk out there that costs a a fortune. Possibly. Yeah, so, not that one. (laughs)
1: Um, Manuel. Yes.
0: What have you been up to the last few weeks?
1: Right, yeah, so, um, uh, my channel, uh, I mostly worked on a friend's Evo, um, for those that have already seen it. So, he um, bought his ex-girlfriend's Evo, the Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution 8, to be precise. And uh, yeah, there's a bit of a background story to it. Um, it has a lot of rust and he basically is now working on getting rid of the rust. And I'm accompanying him a little bit, whenever I'm there. Uh, mostly because on the repo I'm still waiting for a slot where I can drop off the cap for sound blasting, So he can get rid of all the rust and actually see on spots where we don't see it right now, uh, where the rust, rust is, so we can start mending and fixing it. Mm-hmm. Um, main problem with that, like the, the most jobs, they're only open from Monday to Friday, from like 6 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we have a bit of different opening times. And that's typically the times I'm working, therefore, um, yeah, it's a bit of a pain to, to really get a slot where I can bring it over there. But again, eventually at some point we want to do it. For, my, for me personally, the plan definitely is to, to get that done before Easter. Mm-hmm. So I can use the longer Easter weekend to, to work on it. But in the meantime, as I said, I'm, I'm just helping out my friend. And I started to, to create some templates out of cardboard, meaning uh, I'm using CAD. For those that don't know it, it's cardboard-assisted design. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings to Taylor Ray for this one. And uh, yeah, so the, that, that's what I'm currently doing besides the obvious working and restriction being at home situation
0: yeah have a look again at the uh, at the uh, Mar- uh, manuel's channel um, as he's trying to find an evo 8 among all the <laughs> yeah. among all the rust um, so yeah have a look and uh, yeah watch his videos now i have been road tripping i think you cannot say that because i think this has another meaning i have been on a road trip <laughs> with my um, uh, vw turan and yeah while i think it's a perfectly usable car in i mean around here Mm -hmm. it's not very well suited to long distance traveling i mean it's the seats and the lack of power and the soft suspension so yeah i every i hate it but every time but i think i'm not um uh, i don't have enough courage i'm not brave enough to do something about it, so it's just yeah. After every road trip,
1: I say it's terrible, and then I move on. It's interesting because typically, you would say on long distance road trips, you want to have a comfy car, you want to get there like without back pain and stuff. Yes, yeah. but that just means that you are a true petrol head. Then, well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Well, yeah, let's let's see
0: what happens there. I'm. I mean, if let's say if I was um, an influencer or I had. Um, uh, some, I don't know, some legacy from my parents, uh, some unknown wealth or anything. I could, I could buy one and just say, you know
1: what? I hate the Tehran, I'm gonna put it on fire. I'm gonna buy another one. But yeah, that's so. Nuts. What would you go for? Actually, I'm curious now because you say it's too comfortable or, or too soft. So <clears throat> let me think. What would I see you in? Knowing you, you're you're a BMW fan, so it probably would be something like an X5, X6, or.
0: But the thing is, I don't like those uh, SUVs. Okay. Because they are, you remember one of those issues. it's Too high, right? rounds so something lower. And honestly, I was thinking about the new three series. Okay. Um, so I think that might be a good compromise. But then, yeah, I've. I, again, I, I just can't just say you know what. I'm just gonna buy a new three series. Um, so I mean, technically, you can. Well, yeah, technically I could. Yeah, but yeah, let's 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 push it to to some fair enough. To the next issue. Let's talk in the April issue again and see if something has changed. <laughs> All right, let's do that um, now. Quickly before we start with the actual news items, um, let's talk about some community involvement. And mm-hmm. um, of course. Um, I am not that big yet, people don't know how much so not many comments but um, one thing that was funny is I seem to have jinxed an issue with the new BMW M3. Okay. In uh, my video with the M2 I said the carbon fiber strut brace looks very nice but mm-hmm. actually it does not need to be carbon fiber to do its work. Right. And apparently some accountant from BMW has watched that. and. Because uh, Chris Harris posted on Twitter, I think it was, posted a a picture of the new strut brace or the strut brace of the new M3 and it's just, I think, iron or steel. (laughs) And so, yeah, some account might have seen that and thought, those pesky engineers, (laughs) they convinced me to put a carbon fiber strut brace in it and it's actually not needed. So, Mm. he canceled that one and now it's steel. So yeah, if you're wondering why the new M3 and M4, they don't have carbon fiber strap braces, it's because of me and I'm terribly sorry and I'm... No, you a... know who's at fault. Yes, I will be more careful with what I'm saying in my videos. Or
1: could it actually <laughs> be that they are keeping the carbon fiber version for a faster version of the M3? No, that's impossible. All right. <laughs> okay. uh,
0: yeah, possible, possible. If they, I mean, what they could do a CS version and a CS or a CSL version or the GTS mm-hmm. again, um, with the with the half cage and uh, and. All I mean, stuff they so will already
1: say five hundred grams or something there. Right? Yes, exactly. So, so uh,
0: makes a difference in a two-ton
1: car. <laughs> well, <laughs> we had the discussion last time, but yes, yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's
0: so, so yeah, maybe maybe they they save that one for a more <laughs> expensive version. Um, other than that I think not much Um, so we try to address the sound issue so we have microphones today I think the quality is going to be better I hope it's going to be better Mm, yeah other than that one again feel free to leave comments and we'll bring them up in the next issue now let's talk about some motoring related stuff Mm -hmm. Um I, I'm not sure if this or how big the problem is in other countries, but in Switzerland, it's something that keeps coming up uh, every now and then, which is the issue with auto posers, how right. we call them. Uh, so people, mostly young people at night in their fancy cars with the loud exhausts making noise. So is this something that, I mean, we also heard about police crackdowns on, those, uh, on, on gatherings and the police confiscating cars mm. uh, that um, had mm, changes to them that were not legal and things like that. So how do you feel about this whole matter?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan if an engine or a car sounds sporty. I'm all a big fan of having a bit of a deeper tone or a bit of a louder tone. That's all nice and all. But again, I think it's a matter of respect, ultimately, that you're not driving like a maniac in low gear and high RPM throughout the village at, at midnight. Like, I, I personally just think that you shouldn't do that. Um, why? Because on one side, no one, I mean, people will hear you, but they will not hear you. find it nice Mm. they will hear you and find it annoying because they might want to sleep or you might even wake up uh, uh, babies or something so i'm not a big fan of it Um, and again the modifications at least i'm doing to my cars they're primarily for myself that i can enjoy them so um in this case i'm just restricting myself that i'm either outside the village or in a nice tunnel or in the mountains like there are a lot of situations where you can enjoy the the nice and loud sound of your car Um, but yeah just don't do it in the village because you're not doing yourself a favor you're not doing your neighbors and the people living there a favor and ultimately you will not do a favor to the police or actually you are doing a favor to the police well they will have a chance to stop you and have a deep discussion with you on why and for how much you're going to pay for it
0: yeah and it's also that's something that reflects on all uh, car enthusiasts, right? Because um, we are then um, all painted with the same brush. So yeah. people. Uh, so if I like one of my cars, and I usually try to be careful. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, I can, I can only drive fifty through mm-hmm. a village, or, or maybe even sixty, and that's it. So yeah. there's actually no. Yeah, there's no point to yeah rev your engine and exactly. um, yeah try uh, annoy people and disturb them. So I think both sides need to calm down a, yep. uh, a little. So yeah, if someone uh, during day is having a, a bit of fun, so yeah, just let them have a bit of fun. Go for it. And all the other people that are in the cars making a racket, yeah, just try to be considerate maybe don't do it at midnight. Yeah. and <clears throat> I think we and people yeah will get along just just fine
1: yeah i think that would help a lot
0: yeah and we can save ourselves some some yes. trouble yeah ultimately um we're all in the same boat so yeah. if there is some new legislation well, i mean there you always is some new legislation yeah. because exhausts are too too loud just keep in mind um yeah it's your doing as well so <clears throat> yeah be calm um, mm-hmm. be respectful exactly and be considerate, and yeah then we Don't have to bring this up again, no. right? And instead, we talk about this new phenomenon, right? Influencers. And there mm-hmm. was a scandal, as it should be every now and then, there should be a scandal. Stuff that I mean, we have the auto poses in Switzerland, yeah, that uh, enrage us, but other countries don't have them, maybe. So, we need something else to um, get people's uh, blood boiling. <laughs> and uh, in the UK, this was the influencer gate. I'm not sure if this is this really caught on, okay. but um. The issue that Chris Harris brought up was that somebody um, approached his friend Ian Litchfield mm-hmm. of uh, uh, the tuning company called Litchfield, and uh, yeah, asked him to uh, install a new suspension kit in his uh, in their uh, Toyota Yaris, mm-hmm. and on top of that, they asked for fifty thousand pounds, and some uh, and some and they wanted money on each suspension kit that. Mm-hmm. Litchfield cell, and this infuriated chris harris and they talked uh, about it in the collecting cars youtube uh, in the podcast mm-hmm. and yeah i was i was wondering how do you feel about this yeah. this matter
1: i think that again it's it's a matter of respect ultimately um i think that influence i don't know who it was but i think he's just a bit on top of his head right now because, again, it, I'm, I'm all for influencing people um, that have a certain reach throughout the Internet, um, that they get benefits. I mean, that's just normal. Like that's, it has been like that for, for decades, even with the, with the TV. Um, so I, I think if the company is offering something for being in the news with someone, that's fine. Even if it's the other way around, if that influencer would have asked to get the suspension installed for a reduced price or even for free, I think that would have been okay. I actually even think that Litchfield would have agreed to something like this. Mm -hmm. But then to ask literally to get the same car, I assume it's the GR Yaris, um, the same car in money on top of that, plus a part of each sold suspension for that car i think that is way over the top yeah. and personally if, if i was ian lichfield i would definitely have told him off as well and um I, I just think that person is lacking respect the thing is
0: you know i it was because some people in the net said that you know what it was i mean they asked and ian Lichfield said no and um yeah move mm-hmm. on um, you can see there's that because it's it could, you could see there's a business transaction, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it did not work for, for, for Litchfield. But the other thing is also if you keep in mind that this is a community and the whole petrolhead scene, um, it is a varying development. Yes. So you have people now that yeah do things like that and then they have opinions and then you're not even sure now. Well, has he been paid for this? Did he get something for um for i mean talking about the car or mm-hmm. a car or a suspension kit or anything so it's um difficult to navigate all the content that's, that's being true. produced and that's what worries me so one thing is yeah he asked and I know that's mm-hmm. one part but the other part is what effect this has on the community and if I'm, I'm not sure if if one's goal is just to i mean of course there's always maybe a, a a business angle on it, that you want to make money off it, mm-hmm. that's I think fine, but it's also it, it might damage the community. Yeah. And I think this is the part that I don't like that I think is, is
1: dangerous. Yeah, I fully agree with you. That if you don't know what what the influence is behind teasing or or spoilering or even showing a product, mm-hmm. um, that, that is dangerous, yeah, because then all of a sudden you get very bad products being sold a lot and that will then cause problems either because they are breaking down or it will later down the road cause a bad light on the producer. So yeah, I'm actually agreeing with you and that's why I'm a big fan. If someone is testing something that he clearly states that hey, that's my personal opinion. It's not biased by any sponsorship or or anything else that could bias Mm -hmm. it. Um, so yeah, that that definitely makes sense, what you were saying.
0: Yeah, otherwise we, we get in a situation where on YouTube, before you watch every video, you watch some ads, right? But then actually, when you skip the ads, you continue watching ads. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. yeah, people have been paid to say certain things. Yeah. And I know this is true. I know this is how the business works, but it's just that, yeah, if the whole community goes into that direction that I oh, yeah, I'm actually worried about, um, it's about, the point, about our favorite uh, hobby. Um, Let's put that to rest and let's talk about another, um, let's say, dystopian um, possibility, (laughs) a question. Um, There was an article in a magazine a few months ago. I'm not sure which one it was, so I don't want to say anything bad. It was, what would you do with your last gallon of fuel? (laughs) Or your last 10 liters or 50 liters or whatever, just... What would you do with?
1: Oh, Good question. Um, I, I guess I personally would, I mean, it's indicating a bit that you can use this gallon and then there is no more fuel. Mm-hmm. So I would probably take the RE7 and just do a fat burnout. It doesn't even matter if the engine explodes because there is no more fuel you can use after that. So I would probably go down that route.
0: That's actually a very interesting point. I did not think of that <laughs> okay. um, I was thinking one one thing to to do maybe i mean if I would need a tank maybe to do a, a tour around our alpine passes, oh, yeah. so maybe that's a little too much um, but if I only have a few um, liters of fuel left, maybe go out for a last time drifting yeah. and then maybe connect it with your one so with the last few drops of of uh, petrol to, I don't know, do a massive burnout and blow the car to smithereens Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and then put it on fire if it's on fire already (laughs) and yeah, maybe do some barbecue on top of it.
1: That actually is a good approach, (laughs) like since uh, everyone, assuming that at least, that everyone gets a last gallon of fuel, Mm -hmm. um, you could actually come together and have a massive party and basically everyone will be using his last gallon a bit differently, so I would do my burnouts, you would do a bit of drifting. I'm sure there would be other people that would just like um, use their car stereo to, to create music that everyone can listen to. Again, others would basically just put their service in use and, and just go and pick up some more meat or beer or whatever is missing. Um, so that actually, like, if you get hundreds of people together, which would not be possible right now, obviously, but that actually is an interesting aspect, yeah.
0: I was thinking one other thing that came to my mind is maybe if some people came together and had a Formula One car, a V10, uh, blast around a track for one final time. That Yeah, that was another idea that I had, but maybe yeah. some of the people watching, they have... Have some crazy ideas what to do with your last gallon of fuel. I would
1: definitely be interested in hearing what the guys are thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would like to hear that. And uh, yeah, if you have a great idea, share with us, and uh, we'll discuss it in the next. Um, Absolutely. In the next issue. Now, let's talk about cars. <laughs> we right. talked lots of rubbish until now. Let's talk <laughs> a bit, a little bit about cars. And um, I think the highlights of uh, of uh, of the last month were. Um, Porsche revealing the 911, Mm -hmm. the GT3 the new one and McLaren revealing the Artura. Mm -hmm. Now they are pretty different cars. I'm not sure if the price points are similar but now if you could choose between one or the other
1: which one would you lean towards? Difficult question. I mean with Porsche you always know what you're getting. It's it's basically a a very robust car. It's quick Um, but it's also... At least in Switzerland, uh, it's a bit mainstream seeing Porsches around, whereas the McLaren has a little bit of, it has this sense, this touch of being a bit less prominent on the street. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I personally am a big fan of, uh, of how McLaren does things. I mean, we had the, the P1, which was a, a hybrid already. Um, this car is a hybrid as well. So at least I don't know yet if that might even have some internals from the P1 uh, that they put more into mass production or whatever. But um, I think I personally would strive more towards the McLaren um, to have that bit of sense of being different. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely by no means is the Porsche a bad car. It would definitely also be a nice choice putting them side by side. Again, I would probably strive for the McLaren.
0: I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, the McLaren with its mid-engined uh, setup—it's. I mean, all these cars always look a little bit, let's say, more menacing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for me, it's. I am too much of a dinosaur <laughs> to ignore the GT3's naturally aspirated flat six and its manual gearbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot. I cannot discard that aspect of the car. So for me, it would be the GT3. All day mm-hmm. every day um, if in the future it turns out that yeah they will have to do turbo engines and the manual will die then I think I would be able to yeah maybe really consider each aspect of, of um, all the aspects of each car right but for now it's just too much of a dinosaur I cannot <laughs> I
1: cannot look past it I can't see where <laughs> you're coming from yeah
0: yeah so maybe the next um, one of the next uh, versions will who knows? Yeah, more, yeah, more level discussion. <laughs> um, let's talk about a classic, a classic British car company, if I can say that, which is uh, Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of news around Lotus um, in the last few months. Uh, so they, all their models are coming to an end. Um, they have final editions uh, mm-hmm. as a farewell to Elise and Exige. They have announced a collaboration with uh, Alpine. Mm-hmm. Um, from from France and they I think this year we will see a new model mm-hmm. again mid-engined and as they said the last maybe um, non hybrid assisted uh, car so m- how do you see this development how is it how what we will see from Lotus in the coming months or years
1: uh, that's difficult predict to predict because I, mean, I, I like how Lotus has been doing things. Um, lightweight, not overly big-sized engines, mm-hmm. decent amount of power, they were super quick around the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that suggestion or that, that hint from Lotus on how they were doing things. Now, Alpine is not that much different. Um, I mean, they were very silent for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like two years ago, announced the return of the 810, mm-hmm. which seems to be a great car as well and uh, so the mentalities of the two companies are very similar so i would assume that if they put their heads together they will probably come up with a new um layout of a car like not layout in terms of where the engine and the drivetrain is but more that they can reuse the same drivetrain the same layout uh, and produce different cars with that Uh, a bit like the the volkswagen group is doing with with their cars yeah a new common platform a new new common platform basically yeah so I could see that those two companies together would come up with something like this, um, which means that Alpine in the future will release either more or different cars. Mm-hmm. And Lotus, I mean, it, it's pretty difficult to predict because uh, we don't quite know what Geely, as the, the owner of Lotus, uh, what, what his envision is with the company. Personally, I of course, hope that they will stick to their principle because that's what made Lotus different from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Anyone else was doing rather big cars, of course they tried to be lightweight, but they still wanted to also have this at least hint of luxurious in them. Whereas Lotus simply said like, no, we don't need this, we don't need need this, we just make it as lightweight as possible. So again, prediction, super difficult. Uh, I hope they will stick to their principles going forward as well. If it's a hybrid, um, yeah, be it, I mean, the trend on the market is definitely going in that direction so from a company perspective I don't think they can neglect that otherwise they would probably not live for very long. Um, but then again I think there's a lot of unknown at this stage I'm positive that the guys at Lotus they will, they will stick to their nature and again I'm personally looking forward to see where this is going and in the meantime um, I mean the old cars will not completely disappear they will still be around. So whenever I see one on the street, I will still be happy about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, um, the final edition is definitely also something that extends the lifetime a little bit, not too long. But I'm, I'm positive that they will go their way.
0: Well, I can imagine this with, I mean, one side with really investing, and the other also with, um, I mean, in generally how the cars are moving. I'm thinking that maybe they will try to move a, a bit up market. Mm-hmm. Um, so its not i'm not saying that um, those cars have been cheap not at all but i think they will try to um, go after those more premium mm-hmm. um brands maybe so i think that's the only angle that i th- yeah i can imagine they're going um, but yeah i'll i really hope i really hope the new car will be a zinger and i really i really hope that they will be able to deliver and i'm confident they will be yeah now the other thing um let's stay on the island mm-hmm. for a few more moments and uh, jaguar mm-hmm. they have announced that by 2025 they will be um, an ev only company now they have had i think quite a tough few years maybe yeah. even decades um how do you feel about
1: jaguar becoming ev only I mean Jagger has a lot of tradition uh, a lot of history and those histories usually involved rather big sized engines and some really nice sounding cars as well yeah. if we think about the the F uh, F type and the I pay well the I pay is not really but it's, it's a modern car which is already EV um, though the, um, the F type is uh, has an astonishing sounding car it's really a nice car um, but again I think also Britain didn't make it super easy for their car producers, especially now with with the Brexit and everything. I think this will have an impact as well. But ultimately, um, the market is trending towards that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I'm I'm not a big fan personally, and I'm also in the opinion that the the pure electric drivetrain will not be the future in mid to long term. Um, I think it's more a combination of having electric engines and then the uh, the water, what is it called? Water.
0: I mean hydrogen? Hydrogen, yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So I think it's more that combination in, in the midterm that we will see growing a lot. But again, I think Jaguar doesn't have another, well, they do have another choice, but I think they want to use this decision to also find themselves again.
0: Yeah, maybe even get ahead of, of others, Potentially,
1: right? Potentially, yeah. The, the issue
0: that I see is that, I mean, Jaguar has always been a premium brand right? yes and being in the premium segment is I think pretty tough against the big three big yeah. German three right so BMW Audi and Mercedes right and I think it was really tough market because I'm I think even in, in Britain probably the Germans sell better than than, than Jaguar so, Likely. so I think it's a really tough position to be in and yeah as, as you said I would be super sad to see the F-Type go because i was super happy they brought it yeah um, I mean, also some performance uh, cars in, in the SUV segment, even though I am not, um, let's say, on best terms with the, SUV, <laughs> with the SUVs. But yeah, they, they brought, there are some performance cars, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, see, that goes always sad. As it is said that Ford Europe, a few days after this, I think two days after that, they announced the same that from 2026, Ford, uh, the European Ford cars will be. Um, EV only, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about the company that uh, gave us the Fiesta ST, the Focus ST, RS in the past. Yep. Um, well, the Mustang, since it's not maybe exactly a Ford Europe car, right. maybe has still some life left in it. But in general, those fun hatchbacks seem to be gone. Yeah, I mean, soon.
1: The, the thing is, again, look, they will probably visually still be very appealing. <laughs> um, but they will, at least for me and I think I'm talking for almost all of the petrol heads out there the The uh, sounds and and the feeling of it as just another component that we that that makes us enjoy our cars mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean that part will be missing. Um, I think the impact on Ford compared to the Jaguar is probably a bit less mm-hmm. dramatic. Yes, they had super nice hot hatches um, which. Gave a really nice package, but ultimately um, they're very wide. Like they have different segments. They're in the small car segment. They're in the mass market with the Mondeo in this case. They have some some um, how do you call it like commercial vehicles, the Transit. So they are in different segments, and I'm sure that Ford, even if it's just Europe, that will bring mostly or only electric cars we might actually still have the, the effect that for U.S. might still export some, some non-electric vehicles to Europe. Mm-hmm. But again, ultimately it cracks down on, on where is the regulation the going. Yes. The legislation, I mean. And uh, there I'm unfortunately seeing that we are moving towards the, the EV-only market. and Again, for the brands, it's a normal thing to do um, because they think that this is the future. To a certain degree it is, but yeah, it's. I think we will hear more announcements like that going forward. Yeah, probably. probably. But
0: one car and the company around that that is still very far from that is a Gordon Murray's um, <laughs> T50 right. now in its T50S form, mm-hmm. um, lovingly called Niki Lauda in memory of uh, the Formula One legend. Um, I know there's not much to say about that car, but do you have? Any, anything to say about that one?
1: <laughs> not really. Um, I mean, it, it's a similar like the, the Ferrari fx It's It's a track only vehicle. So I would already be happy to just see it somewhere like on a Geneva Auto Salon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would already make me happy. Um, anything beyond that obviously would be bonkers. Unbelievable. But yeah, no, I mean, not much I can say to that really. Yeah, let's see, let's see
0: if anybody will yeah, get to see one. Maybe get even to drive one. And um, maybe the big outlets in, in the UK, maybe they will Possibly, get yeah. access to one. And yeah, maybe somebody will be even able to um, to contrast it with the Aston Martin Valkyrie, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's stuff of dreams for dreams. now. Let's, <laughs> let's see where it's going. Um, let's get down to earth. Back, right, <laughs> back to earth again with um, with the Lexus because they announced mm. that um, we will get a V8 in the IS. Nice. It will not be an ISF like the the old one used to be but yes a, v, a naturally aspirated V8 in a Lexus IS
1: nice how good news is that it's <laughs> definitely good news
0: yeah the thing is um they have very interestingly they have been running a naturally aspirated V8 through um, quite a few of their models mm-hmm. and um it's almost like uh, people have are not way of that one so, Lexus is, of course, going in that direction like everybody else is going, but still they are keeping a V8 somewhere. If, yeah. Uh, almost hidden from public. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, to I mean, they made a big announcement that it's going coming back into the IS. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how this car will, will do. I mean, I really yeah. hope they will also put some engineering effort into it, make it handle very well. So, um, it is a true M3 competitor.
1: I, I think they will do that. I mean, Lexus as the premium brand of toyota um, they have the genes. i mean they have especially now also with gr influencing the cars from toyota i'm sure there is the knowledge around it to to make it a super car not a supercar, but a super, super car, car. <laughs> and um, i'm also really looking forward to see how it looks and, and how it works really how it sounds especially um, but yeah i'm super happy that they are sticking with the v8 and it might actually grant them a bit more uh, market share because almost all other companies are moving away from the V8. Uh, BMW, Mercedes, yeah. to all the premiums, also Audi, I think they don't really have anything in the program anymore. So I think for them it's a real big chance. And especially in the, in the European market, I mean, I can't speak about the American or, or the Asian markets, but at least in Europe where... Whenever you think about luxurious cars, you think about the German brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lexus. to be honest, it, they are not far behind, or they have not been far behind so far. And I have a friend that, that has a, a, an ISF with a V8 in it, and it's a splendid car. Yeah. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. And again, um, even the materials that they're using, they are premium. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a valid um alternative to the german brands and especially if someone wants to stick to a V8 powertrain you literally have almost no other choice anymore now
0: yeah that is true especially most famously with mercedes moving away yes. from the from the V8 which was i mean turbocharged but yes it's another another V8 gone absolutely now brace yourself for the most amazing segue ever because we are moving from a car with eight cylinders or with a with an even number of cylinders to a car with an odd Ooh, number of nice. cylinders. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're talking about
1: the three-cylinder Yaris? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Cupra, of course. Mm. Um,
0: because they, um, they're going to put Audi's uh, two and a half liter five-cylinder nice. uh, engine in the Fomentor. So, um, yeah, I mean, we talked about how big fans of SUVs we are. Yeah, totally. Um, but you may, earlier you said, yeah, you have the, the reason that you like it is.
1: Well, it's the fact that Audi is allowing a sub brand from the Volkswagen group to use the five cylinder engine, the two and a half liter five cylinder engine. I mean, so far it has only been Audi with the TTRS and the uh, RS3. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any other, maybe an SQ or something. I'm not sure, to be honest.
0: Yeah, maybe the SQ5? Could that maybe be
1: possible? I'm not sure. Really, I'm not. I know for a fact the RS3 and the TTRS they have it. It's a gorgeous engine, and it it sounds awesome, and and I'm just happy of the fact that Seat is allowed to use it, and that gives me at least the hint or the hope that there might be something like a, Le, a Seat Leon or even the Ibiza, which would be absolutely bonkers, but let's not go too far. Mm -hmm. I think the Leon would actually be a a feasible option to have this five cylinder, two and a half liter in there as well. And at that car, it would definitely be a disruption in the market.
0: I think that's, actually I did not think about that, but I think that's a, a very very cool idea. So what they could do is, I mean, put it in the, I mean, of course, they would probably detune it, so it would Uh, not be uh, a direct competitor for the um, RS3, uh, for the hatchback or the the sportback. But, um, yeah, putting it in a Leon would Mm -hmm. make it a a very, very cool proposition. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, Cupra, make it happen. We would be chuffed to bits. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, some good news. So, here we have some news of a car manufacturer and a car, adding a few cylinders or in this case only one but still Mm. they are going a bit bigger so it's always good news definitely especially in these times yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think that concludes uh our uh, part with new cars and prototypes and rumors um i just wanted to speak about one more issue um, Mm -hmm. about uh, in in regards to motorsport Mm -hmm. so formula e I have heard you are a huge fan of Formula E. Yeah, well... <laughs> so the season has kicked off in Saudi Arabia. And let me guess, you were at the track watching the race. Not really, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, traveling is restricted to start with. so Even if I wanted to, there was not a chance to go there. Um, but no, I, I have not followed the race. Yeah, the thing is, um, I, the reason I'm,
0: um, I'm adding it here. So, motorsport season has started. We will see some racing this year. Um, the thing with Formula E, I used to watch it the mm-hmm. first three seasons. I think they were really, uh, really compelling to watch because uh, the, race, the, the racing was good. Mm-hmm. Well, So it was close results. And I think Sebastian Bohemi got second by only one point, I think, in in, the, right. in the first season. Um, but then the, the regulations, they allowed um, more and more individual parts uh, of the manufacturers. I see why, because when you want... If you ask every manufacturer to, to run the exact same car, they would not be very interested, right? Sure. So they try to put some engineering effort into it and, yeah, gain some advantage. But then the danger is that the racing is not as interesting anymore. And I think that's what happened with Formula E. Yeah. I think we're going in a similar direction now with as Formula One you have, mm-hmm. well, it's maybe not as... Um, not exactly like Formula One, you don't have only one team that is dominating. But right. I use, I see that it is going in that direction. And the other thing is, Formula E has moved away from, from this modern, um, let's say, from let's say from this modern approach maybe because the, you could watch the races on YouTube, mm-hmm. and now you can't anymore. And now the races are back on Eurosport on on other channels. So and TV um, basically. Exactly. So they I think they try to get younger people to watch it. But now they have moved it from uh, a, a, a young medium to a, a pretty dinosaur mm-hmm. one. And I'm pretty not sure that the uh, young people are watching Eurosport or any other channel, So I highly doubt that. Yeah, so I'm really not sure where Formula E is going. But yeah, Saudi Arabia is going places because not only do they host Formula, Formula E this year, they also will host um, the Formula One race mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the year, just before Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a street circuit in Jeddah.
1: Nice. So, any thoughts on that? I mean, I'm always happy to see new race tracks or race courses rather uh, being being used, uh, especially the city courses. I think they just have this additional atmosphere, adrenaline, and it's just like it's completely different than having a wide open track. Uh, and here you are in the middle of a city with tall buildings around you, and it kind of gives you the feeling that errors are even more punished than if you are on a race Now, of course, there's always this little bit of salt of grain that, uh, yeah, there are safety features and everything in place. Mm. But still, as as someone standing on the outside and just watching the whole thing happening, it gives you a bit of an additional thrill, in my opinion.
0: That's actually a good point, because that's, um, I think many critics of Formula 1 say that um, it's too safe, in Mm -hmm. a sense that errors aren't punished as hard. Because you have um, huge runoff areas, if you think about uh, what was it, for example, um, the Circuit of America in, in the US, or uh, basically any other um, mm. modern circuit. They are super safe in the sense that, yeah, you can have a huge runoff, you can come back into the race and, um, yeah, Arizona punished as hard. That's actually a very interesting point. Um, let's see how Jeddah will look like. I have no idea how the track is going to look like. Me neither. Um, yeah, being a huge city, and maybe with big cities, they will still have
1: huge runoff areas, but yeah. let's see. But again, I mean, we have seen it with uh, with the Formula E in Zurich back mm-hmm. then. I mean, the roads. Everyone that knows Zurich, and uh, they're not always perfect. You have the tram rails in the way and everything. So those are just again additional factors that make potentially the race more interesting. Uh, and it's not a perfect surface like on on other race tracks. So that again, I think it's it's a positive development.
0: Yeah, I think I'm definitely excited to um, yeah watch a race again mm-hmm. on a on a new racetrack. track. Um, let's see how Formula One is going. Until then, probably yep. maybe maybe Mercedes will already be uh, championed by them. Um, very likely. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Well, um, yeah, I think that concludes our March news issue. All right, uh, Manuel. Thank you very much for joining,
1: joining again. You're very um, welcome.
0: Do you we have a few last words to? to utter before we conclude
1: uh well what should i say um first of all thanks again for for having me um it's always nice um to discuss about what we like in 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 well more than being alone and uh yeah again I'm, I'm thanking all of you to to be part of this journey as well i'm looking forward to see um the next news next month and of course uh, always leave a comment we're always happy to answer them and um, this is a community so feel free to really add whatever you feel like and as you have seen uh, doubt will pick them up uh, we will discuss them in the beginning and that's your chance to also be part of the of the video itself
0: yeah yeah it's another um, another aspect right um, engage engage with people is also very interesting and here are the opinions again we have talked lots of rubbish as usual yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah feel free to correct us on on anything or even yeah add some information of yours um yeah Thank you very much, Manuel, You're and welcome. thank you as well. And yeah, see you in see April you next time. Yeah,
1: bye, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs>
0: oh, <yeah>. <laughs> 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 oh, stand it up.